After two years of back and forth between regulators, state attorneys general, and the public, T-Mobile is finally closing its acquisition of Sprint. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is mobile expert Eli Blumenthal. Now, Eli, you've been on this story since the beginning, two years ago, which is much, much longer than any merge process. Uh, before we get to the, the nitty-gritty of the history and the back and forth, uh, why don't we talk about today's announcement? They closed the deal. What exactly did they say today? Right. So today, everything is official. It's done. T-Mobile, Sprint, they are one giant wireless company. If you have Sprint, you now have T-Mobile's network. If you have T-Mobile, you now get extra capacity thanks to having the backbone of Sprint or whatever they have uh, deployed in your area. So if you're a Sprint customer, you get better service. If you're T-Mobile, you also will get better service over time. All that's happened today. Oh, well, over over time is the key word though, right? Because you mentioned that, uh, and let's get into it in terms of like what consumers get to see. Uh, off the bat, you said Sprint customers get access to T-Mobile's network. Is that correct? Yes, that's already in place. It actually has been in place for a couple of weeks now due to the coronavirus. They extended a roaming agreement. So if you had Sprint, since they knew this deal was happening, it's been in the works for two years, you already were able to tap into T-Mobile's network. And that continues today. A software update is coming, they told us today, uh, to enable 5G devices, Sprint's 5G devices, to be able to tap into T-Mobile's 5G network. So a lot of synergies, a lot of things coming together. It's all going to be happening very quickly. Um, T-Mobile's already turning on using some of Sprint's 5G Spectrum new 5G cities like Philadelphia. And it's using Sprint's 5G Spectrum known as Midband Spectrum, which is a lot faster than some other flavors of 5G that T-Mobile has been using, namely uh, low band, which is what T-Mobile's using nationwide. It has a, this new spectrum that T-Mobile's using thanks to Sprint is a lot faster. It still will work indoors. So it's it's an exciting time for wireless. Yeah, so and for T-Mobile, I mean, we, we get that Sprint gets sort of the, the big boost and you sort of hinted it at this with uh, so the deployment in Philadelphia, but for T-Mobile customers, at least like today, like what, what changes for T-Mobile customers? Well, for a lot of T-Mobile customers, not a lot. Your plans are still the same and it's the same for Sprint. Your plans aren't changing. Your service for the most part shouldn't be changing because they've been doing this roaming agreement. All of this has been in effect already and has been for the last couple of weeks. So as for what happens on April 1st, nothing major. It does though set the stage for some big improvements coming in the not too distant future. Gotcha. And can you kind of run through, and let, let's let's kind of stay away from the Spectrum chat a bit, but just realistically from a practical perspective, what can T-Mobile customers expect over the next couple of months? So T-Mobile's been promising a lot of things. They've been promising that rate plans aren't going to change, so it's not going to get more expensive. It could potentially get cheaper. Uh, Dish is going to enter and they could potentially shake up the market uh, o- over the coming months. Uh, T-Mobile's also talked about doing a home broadband option, which for everyone working from home who has questionable internet, like myself, uh, getting a- another provider that doesn't have to actually come and wire your home could be really interesting, especially if it is faster and, and can use some of this new technology that they're able to deploy. Uh, there also are cheaper plans that are in the works, including a low cost affordable plan that T-Mobile launched last week called Connect, which is $15 a month for two gigabytes of high-speed data with unlimited talk and text. Right, and then from a coverage perspective, uh, as you sort of said, as 
T-Mobile starts to take advantage of the spectrum, the, the assets that Sprint has, uh, overall, we should get sort of a, a, a much more full breadth of coverage in, her, in terms of 5G, right? We'll get not just that we've had this situation where we've got like the super high, fast, but short range 5G that, say, Verizon offers. And what T-Mobile is offering right now is kind of a, a, a much broader coverage, but a lot less uh, peak speeds. The, the speeds are not quite as super fast as, say, Verizon's. Um, but with Sprint's assets, they'll be able to kind of offer kind of everything, right? They're going to be able to offer uh, a little bit of the super fast, a little bit of the, the the better coverage, plus the plus sort of the middle the middle ground traffic, right? So let's talk about that, the, the particular Sprint. Right. Timo has talked about this as a sort of layer cake, where the low band spectrum, the nationwide five G that you see them advertising everywhere, that's not really much faster than their current four G, but it it does reach. 97 or so percent of the country that that's the base that's the foundation then there's this new sprint spectrum that's known as midband that offers what you were talking about the significantly faster speeds still works indoors that will be the for major metropolitan areas so big big markets uh but also could extend to some rural areas so that, that could give a nice speed boost while still providing decent coverage and then for dense urban areas like new york los angeles las vegas um, there's what's known as millimeter wave, and this is the top of the cake, using that analogy that they love to, to talk about. And this provides the super fast speeds. This is what Verizon's using and, and talking about heavily in 30 some odd cities around the country. And these speeds are over one gigabit per second, sometimes close to two, but you have to really be on like a street corner or in a stadium to take advantage of them. It doesn't really work inside a building. It doesn't, pe or doesn't penetrate into a building. If a building has it installed inside, it could cover the whole floor, but for now, it's really just on street corners and some stadiums. Right. And if 2019 was all about sort of picking and choosing and, and having some sacrifices of the 5G, you know, you either have the super fast short range speed or you get the not so super fast but decent range. But 2020 and beyond, as 5G really evolves, it's really going to be more of a comprehensive thing. Your phone will be able to tap into all these different bands of spectrum and really get a more comprehensive 5G experience, right? Right, and, and we're already starting to see that maturation happen. Uh, the new Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra and the S20 Plus or whatever, S20 Plus 5G, S20 Ultra 5G, whatever, the, the long Samsung name, they can tap into all three of these flavors. They can use the low band, they can use the mid band, and they can use the millimeter wave. Uh, other devices can do two out of the three. So all the phones that T-Mobile has uh, launched with 5G, the Galaxy S10 5G, the OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren, another really long name, they love long 5G names, and the Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G, they all can use at least two of these networks, the, the mid-band that they're acquiring, that T-Mobile's acquiring from Sprint, as well as either T-Mobile's super fast millimeter wave, which is only in a handful of cities, or the low-band nationwide that's not as fast, but it, it covers everywhere. Gotcha. Now, the other big news uh, that they kind of snuck in the, to the announcement is that John Ledger is is stepping down today, uh, and, yes, and and letting your dear friend <laughs> and letting Mike Sievert, who's been the chief operating officer, take over as CEO. Now, this was expected uh, to take place on May first, so a month from now, uh, but they decided to kind of move up the the timetable. Uh, what do you think this does to kind of change the culture, change the direction, or does it change the direction of T-Mobile? Well, this is something as you just mentioned that was going to happen, and it was going to happen relatively quickly. The bigger surprise to me would be if this deal closed any time before 
uh, over the last two years when, they, when they've been working on this, if this transition would have happened then or if Ledger would have stayed on, given the proximity to when they plan to do the transition anyway, it seems like just a logical fit. It's a new company now. Let's start completely new with, with everything that we were trying to do. It all just makes sense to just do it all in one shot. And do you think this means that uh, we're going to see a lot fewer F-bombs dropped on T-Mobile events and press conferences? I, I don't know. I, I kind of hope not. One of the, the more refreshing parts of John, and you can speak very well to this, is that you know he seemed to be very open with saying his thoughts. And that's something you don't really get from a CEO, let alone a telecom CEO. Telecom CEOs are, are generally, or executives in general, are very, you know, straight and narrow. Uh, oh yeah, there's definitely a culture of conservatism. It's, it's interesting because mo many of the telecom executives come from the original Ma Bell, the original AT&T, uh, including John Ledger um, and, and Dan Hesse. Really a lot of these executives um, ha come from the same stock. They all they all have sort of the same conservative streak when it comes to, you know, how they present themselves publicly. But then John sort of, even though he came from Ma Bell, he, uh, he kind of broke the mold there and, and really kind of generated a cult of personality, right? There were folks, fans of T-Mobile who were fans of John Ledger, uh, and that's not something you saw in the wireless industry. It may not see again in the wireless industry. Yeah, and he's got millions. He, he really established a brand. He has millions of followers on social media. Uh, a lot of what T-Mobile has been doing, this whole uncarrier uh, branding, which we should note, Mike Seaver was in charge of marketing there for years. Yes, that's true. So it's true. not like Ledger was, was doing everything. It's just could very much be as much a, a brainchild of, of Mike's as it, as it was of John's. Um, but it's become synonymous with John and his brand. And that's really translated well. They've had pretty successful quarters relatively consistently for the last couple of years. And they've added millions upon millions of subscribers in an industry that otherwise has been pretty saturated as far as growth. So it's been pretty surprising. Now, whether they were getting all those subscribers from Sprint, who's been hemorrhaging, who knows? And now they're all one giant company. But, but it's definitely been interesting to watch. No, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, and we'll, we we look forward to seeing what happens with T-Mobile and with the broader wireless industry over the next couple months and years, uh, especially as we hopefully exit out of this this painful coronavirus lockdown, a reality that we're in right now. Um, but yeah, we have Dish coming in, which will be a complete wild card. They have a ton of spectrum. They get to use T-Mobile's network uh, for the next seven years. A, a decent chunk of that time, complete, you know, full full reign on it, uh, as if it was their own network. While they deploy, while Dish deploys its own network, presumably. Uh, but we'll see how they price everything because they are in, you know, theoretically customer acquisition mode. Right. And the way you do that is you got you got to price low. Yeah, theoretically they're the new underdog, they're the new uncarrier. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. All right, that's our show for today. You can check out Eli's coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713 and we'll include select messages on our next show. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.